Hello, I'm Sandro Forte and welcome to The Forte Hour. Good evening and welcome to The Forte Hour with me, Sandro Forte, and a very special guest this evening for reasons you're about to discover on this glorious summer's evening, wherever you happen to be. I hope you're having a great day. On the 48 hour, as always, a diverse range of subjects, success, lack of success, dealing with challenges, family issues, prejudice, all kinds of things dictated by you. So feel free to call in and speak to this evening's guest, 0203 290 Uh And I'm going to introduce him straight away with that. For the, we've got loads to talk about. Our special guest this evening is somebody that's known to me, but you'll find out why in a second. Ed Jaffer. I'm going to introduce him in the following way. way. He is an author a health and performance coach. He started out in life as a shy boy, it would be fair to say, very, very low in confidence. He progressed through school carrying a bit of extra weight, I think it would be fair to say, that knocked his confidence. And he got into situations where he couldn't bear drawing attention to himself. PE, didn't want to undress in front of other boys and was really probably at the lowest ebb of his life to date. And so to say he turned his life around is something of an understatement. Once he changed his his mindset and decided to tackle his weight issues and low confidence face on, he started weight training and soon found himself confident enough to take center stage in life. His newfound confidence led him to become a personal fitness trainer and to write a book, no less, The Muscle and Hustle Method Book, specifically targeting entrepreneurial men that don't have the time, James, you might need to take over, to spend hours in the gym and watching what they eat. Ed's work ethic is that if we can focus on staying in shape, this leads to greater confidence and more energy, and this then fuels business and greater personal relationships. He now offers online coaching as well as time in the gym to help men take control of their health and transform their bodies with a realistic training schedule. And the reason we know each other is that I don't know three or four months ago this guy who is this evening's guest contacted me via LinkedIn and lo and behold we ended up doing a 12-week body transformation program and I sit you sit before you speaking to you on tonight's 40-hour living proof that Ed Jaffa is exactly what he says he is so a very very warm welcome to the show Ed Thank you for having me, Sandra. And James's eyes have already lit up thinking, right, where do we get started? <laughs> There's lots to talk about. There is sure. lots of talk about. So um, if I may, Ed, can I just ask you um, to just tell us a little bit about who you are and your background? I'm particularly interested in understanding about those early challenges that you had. So let's start with Ed, the 12, 13, 14 year old that had all those challenges and how you started to overcome them. Yeah, so about that age, 12, 13, 14, when I started to hit puberty, my body started to change, um, and the main concern at that age was was man boobs, which I later found out was quite a common quite a common thing in teenage boys with all the hormones, change of hormones and all that. I can um, I, I agree, I yeah, concur. Yeah. <laughs> and um, very hard on yourself, James. <laughs> <laughs> so that was something that really kind of affected my my confidence at the time because even though it's quite a common thing, I, none of the other, none of the other boys seem to have these these man boobs that I had. So it made it really awkward during PE. Um, they were quite painful as well at the time, so I couldn't like. It was a bit difficult playing sports. Um, I didn't want to get cha- I didn't want to get undressed and changed in the uh, in changing rooms. Um, yeah, so it was it was quite an uncomfortable 
situation but I thought they would pass and then I kind of left school and I was into my late teens early 20s and I still had these man boobs and yeah and, and a belly at that point as well I started being a bit more a little bit more social going out drinking so I started to develop a bit of a beer belly had these man boobs as well and it was when I went away on a holiday um wasn't very confident taking my t-shirt off on holiday um but it was so hot I, I did anyway and there was when I got back there was a picture um it was back in the day before we had digital smartphones and cameras so I actually had to process the film and I, and I found a picture of myself with my top off man boobs belly hanging out and that was my that was my turning point I guess where I said to myself I have to do something about this that picture is not the man I want to be that's not how I see myself and and I made the decision to to make a make a change from that point so you'd live with that pain for uh, and that feeling of being very very uncomfortable and very unsure of yourself lack of confidence for a, a fairly considerable period of time yeah would it be fair to say Ed that in in those years it kind of was easier to make an excuse and find reasons not to do something because I'm really particularly interested in asking you about how people transition there's loads of people out there who find themselves in a situation even now where they know they want to make a change but they just don't know how to start that process. So you went through quite a period, by yeah. the sounds of it, where you were feeling decidedly uncomfortable with yourself. Was there an epiphany? Was there just this moment when it all changed? I mean, I think the epiphany moment was that picture. That I decided to just make the commitment to it because, like I say, it, it is hard to change. It is... Like, you, almost, you almost get yourself into a rut and you think what's the point nothing's going to work you should yeah you try you try a few things i was doing some press-ups doing a bit of working out at home wasn't really doing much to be fair and you end up giving up you, you kind of go through this stop start what's the point you get into this negative mindset and it just kind of spirals in the wrong direction it's like what's yeah what's the point and then there was that yeah there was that turning point where i literally gave myself no choice but to but to do something about it. I even considered surgery at one point, you know, from quite a young age, I thought nothing's working. I'm, you know, I started looking into surgery. But then I made that decision to just commit, whether it works or not, just make the commitment to do something about this. Make the commitment now, figure it out as I go along. Because no one knows how to at the beginning. It, the most important thing is having the commitment and setting the goal. And saying you're going to do something, you can figure it out as you you can learn and figure out as you go along. Yeah, I think th I think the we've all had an experience of setting, for example, a New Year's resolution. Right this year, I'm going to lose three kilos or a stone or whatever it happens to be. And then the 31st of December comes along, and the little voice on our shoulder says something like, "Oh, don't worry, there's always next year." And there's always a bunch of reasons why we haven't achieved those things. But for you, it wasn't a question. I don't think. Correct me if I'm wrong. Where you just thought, right, that's it. I'm going to go and beast myself at the gym for hours at a time it was it was small baby steps wasn't it yeah yeah I certainly didn't start off at the gym I mean it started at home for me uh, I think it was my 14th birthday that my my parents bought me a set of dumbbells so I started working out during my teens it was very on and off I mean I'd, I'd do about three four weeks and then I'd, I'd stop and then come back to it so it's very sporadic um yeah so it was very much baby steps and then i'm just trying to 
think back really when I when I did make that decision I, I kind of did go all in but it was still very much baby steps I kind of said to myself I don't want this to take over my life I don't want to become because I have quite, had quite an obsessive nature when I focus my mind on something I, I do tend to go all in but with this I didn't really want to go all in because I knew it would be a real change of lifestyle so he says he says I don't really want to go all in with this lifestyle and now he's a PT <laughs> yeah, and I have yeah. to say if you get the chance if you get the chance to look uh, Ed Jaffer's LinkedIn profile that is quite a physique so you've definitely gone all in this is yeah. something I wanted to when did you say you started working with uh, Mr. Jaffer uh, 12 weeks ago yeah because we're we're heading Just from here James straight to the gym straight to the gym yeah, yeah. 12 and weeks ago I won't be tagging along when did we first meet was it in uh, about February? Or I was uh, I was a guest on uh, on, on the Sunday Bill show. show, yeah. Because um, I was going to say, I think your physical appearance has changed since then. What? Well, and I'm guessing that's from working with our main man over here. It absolutely is. I haven't been working with anyone else. Which was interesting because it's funny that you said that because I mean, when you said you've been working with, I was like, when did I first meet Sandra? I like, oh, and I think I think the reason different. I was particularly interested in uh, we having a conversation, <laughs> and poor old Ed stood <laughs> sat next to us. Um, I think I think for me the the reason why I wanted Ed to come on the show is because I've worked with lots of personal trainers over the years, and the, for the first time in my fifty one years, I've actually started to understand what works and what doesn't work. Things like how many calories I need to take in and what protein looks like and how many grams of protein I need to consume in a day to get optimal. It's, it's an understanding. It's an education, isn't it? Certainly. So we're going to talk a little bit in, the, in, the mo in a moment, not just about the PT sessions, um, but actually about the educational program that supports it. And it's a lot to do with accountability, yeah. but it's also about understanding, isn't it? So let's just jump to that, if we may. Yeah. So um, tell us how you support the physical training aspects because another another very important part of the process isn't there yeah absolutely yeah the physical training is yeah basically personal training giving you that extra push in the gym um but yeah i found with throughout my personal training career which i've been doing 11 or 12 11 to 12 years now i find if it's just personal training the clients don't get great results because they don't learn anything they don't change they're just literally showing up you're putting them through a workout, whether it's a half an hour workout or it's an hour workout, and then they've still got 23 hours in the day to mess it all up. So there's there's so much that goes into getting fitter, getting healthier, transforming your body. It's not just showing up to a workout. That's maybe 20, 25% of it. If you're to have some success in this and, and, and achieve sustainable results, then you have to change as a person. You've got to change your way of thinking, your mindset, your belief systems. You've got to, you've got to work on your nutrition. Nutrition plays a huge part. That's around seventy-five to eighty percent. I always say it's twenty percent training, eighty percent nutrition, hundred percent mindset. So you've got to have all those components in place to get the results. If it's just a training, uh, unless you're very driven and have some some experience on on what you should be eating, then you're gonna to struggle to see the results. So if you've got a personal trainer and you, you've been training for a while, spinning the wheels, but you don't really seem to be progressing, then you need to be looking at what's going on outside the gym as well. And that whole accountability uh, fact or point yeah. that you've made before many times to me, I mean, I, I'm, 
I hate to let anyone else down. Yeah. I think most of us are kind of of that mindset. Very, very easy to make an excuse, grab an extra half an hour in bed, get home a bit earlier yeah. rather than skip the gym because we'll just do it tomorrow. But if you've got somebody there waiting for you that you kind of can't make an excuse, that does make a difference, doesn't it? Accountability. It does, yeah, it does. I mean, I think there's an accountability to showing up to a personal training session. But what if it's not a personal training session? There's an accountability an even more powerful accountability to showing up to someone with someone on a Skype call or in a coaching, you know, a face-to-face -face meeting or on a phone call that's outside that gym environment because, and then, and then reporting back as to what you have or haven't done for that week. That's where the real power comes in because when I've coached clients before, they, at first they don't really get they think there's a lack of accountability because they're not necessarily meeting someone in the gym. This is for clients I'm talking about that I haven't actually physically trained, but I've just coached them. Yeah. They think, well, how can I have the accountability? I'm not even going to meet you. But there's more power in turning up on a weekly call, one-on-one -on -one with me and reporting back to me what you have done or what you haven't done that week. There's no distractions. There's no noise in the background. Mm. It is just me versus you. So, yeah, you're right. People don't want to People don't want to let people down. They don't want to look silly. They don't want to have to say, well, I haven't actually done what we agreed we were going to do. Mm. Which would be so embarrassing. Yeah. It would <laughs> be so embarrassing. If I sat is, across yeah. and I was like, look, I'll be honest, I haven't done anything. I'd be like, I yeah. feel like such a schmuck, you know? Whereas in the gym, you can kind of get away with it. You'll kind of say, you know, well, I haven't done it. And it's like, oh, all right, try again this week. Let's do your next set now. You kind of, you know. There's a bit of leeway, isn't there? Yeah, in the gym, you kind of like, because your attention is on the workout, which you're, you're there to do, it's not really addressing the problem. Whereas if when you're on a coaching call, uh, you can kind of ask more questions. Well, why haven't you done that? What was your biggest challenge this week? And you can actually help someone overcome that. So next week, they're more likely to, to achieve that goal as opposed to, you know, glossing over the situation right next set. And you don't really get to talk about it in a gym. But the coaching calls are very... That's why I say it, there's so much more accountability on a That's coaching really call. And I have to say, he's, he's always on the money. N nine o'clock or whenever we've agreed the call, he's absolutely on the dot, get a message right, ready to go with you on. I'm oh, you know, a hundred <laughs> things going on. Um, but, you know, it, that that's made a massive difference, I've got to say, from my own yeah. personal experience. And and then, you know, the whole that accountability process, as you say. But it, but it's interesting because I always used to think that the way to make progress was just to go down the gym five times a week and smash Same. it as hard Same. as you can. Um, but it's interesting what you say, Ed, uh, on the 40 hour with us today. Um, it's not just about banging the weights out. It's a, a lot more than that, isn't it? Yeah. It's about understanding the process. It's about... I mean, one of the things, James, I have to say is that um, Ed's terrific at, uh, I mean, you track my, my diet, you know, he's watching every single thing I was, I was putting in my mouth for about three weeks. Yeah. It's a bit disconcerting that every time I had to eat something, I had to log it and thought, oh no, he's not going to oh, be very you, happy. Did you actually have to like log it? Yeah, yeah. It? Oh, and I so thought, funny. oh, he's not going to like that very much. <laughs> <laughs> we, we need to have a chat about that later. <laughs> <Do you> get, <laughs> so you pick up a bar of chocolate? No, 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 there's no way to let That's what I was thinking, yeah. It's like if, it, if a bar of chocolate goes through, do you get a text room? It's just like question mark. Just like. Yeah, it's, it's big brother. It's, um, <laughs> yeah. But, so that's, that's a very important part of the process. So let's just go back to... Um, this, this teenage, early 20s uh, guy who's low on confidence, makes a decision, because that's step number one, and but starts the process. I mean, I know you went all in, but it wasn't all in at the beginning. You, you did a few things at home, on, off. So many of us have experienced yeah. that. 
Um, but you started to see results. And I'm really interested for you to share your kind of philosophy around training because to you, training isn't just about an hour with a million reps. It's f It can be five minutes, can't it? Yeah, yeah. A, a workout can take many shapes and sizes and forms. You know, a workout can be beasting yourself in the gym for two hours. It can be going out for a 20-minute run, a five, 10-minute walk. It could be doing some stretching. It could be putting on a workout DVD. It could be searching for a, a five-minute office workout that you can do on your phone in the middle of your office. It can, you know, the possibilities are endless. A, a great tip someone gave me once is you can work out on your way to work. If you just got the stairs at the tube instead of actually getting the elevator, that's, yeah. a work, that's your workout done for the there day. There you go. See, small little changes. People overwhelm, their, overwhelm themselves with you know, I have to go to the gym, I've got to eat rabbit food in order to lose weight. And it really isn't like that. Weight loss is a simple, you know, it's, it's simple maths at the end of the day. Calories in versus calories out. Less calories in, more calories, calories burnt, and you will lose weight. So many ways to do that. So many ways to skin a cat. You know, it's, you know, just move more, eat a little bit less. Doesn't mean you've got to give up all your favorite foods. You know, if you drink 12 pints a night on a Saturday and Sunday night, if you were to reduce that to six pints, still not particularly healthy, but you're slashing out a ton of calories and you'll probably lose weight, but you're still, you're not giving up your alcohol. You can still have a drink. Mm. So it's about changing that mindset that it doesn't have to be painful. You don't have to beast yourself in the gym. You don't have to give up all the things that you love. It's just moderate things, do a little bit more moving, eat a little bit less. You know, whether the food is healthy, you can be overweight even eating healthy food. So it's not whether it's healthy or not. Just eat a little bit less of everything you enjoy eating. Move a little bit more. And that's a very simple, very simple way to lose weight. And that's what I try to get across in my coaching. That's what I try to get across um, when I when I educate people on, on through my videos. Make it simple. Yeah, I've, got to, I've got to say, James, I've now got a relationship, having worked with Ed, I've now got a relationship with food that goes something along the lines of, yes, that piece of cheesecake, that's 45 minutes on the treadmill and I just have to trade one off against the other. But, but it's interesting because I know loads of people who've tried umpteen fad diets and what happens is they, they, you know, they lose a lot of weight in a very short space of time and then they kind of return, life gets in the way, they go back to the way it was, it's not yeah. sustainable and then they just pile all the weight back on. Weight loss is not about following a diet for a set period of time. Weight loss is about, it's not about changing your diet, it's about changing your habits. Mm. Because habits last a lifetime, diets don't. So the only thing that, there's one thing that diets have in common, every diet going, whether it's you know from 50 years ago or whether it's a new fad, whatever it is, whatever fancy name they give it, they all have one thing in common and that is they reduce your calories. However you want to put it, they reduce your calories. You can reduce your calories by having half the pizza instead of a whole pizza. You know, there's... I like the way he says this. It's, it's like, you, you know, don't drink rabbit food, just have half a pizza. I was going to say, music have six to beers. everyone's ears. Have six beers. Don't have 12 Music six. to everyone's ears. <laughs> yeah. It's like, you don't have to have these big changes, just small little mm. things, change your calorie intake, and it makes such a difference. I love it. It's great. Simple. Like I say, you could be, you could be overweight eating healthy food. You think, well, I eat healthy. But if you're eating like, you know, 5,000 calories of healthy food and you're only burning off 2,000, you're going to be very overweight. 
It is true. I mean, as if you eat a thousand, fifteen hundred thousand calories of just chocolate bars, but you're burning off two thousand calories, then you're going to lose weight. Mm, you might not be particularly healthy. I don't know how healthy you'd be. You wouldn't be very healthy, but you'd still lose lose weight. Weight loss is a it's a calories in versus calories out thing, as opposed to necessarily super healthy food. So here we are on Mains Radio on the 40 Hour with Ed Jaffa, our guest this evening in the studio, talking about ways to transition physically and emotionally from one place to another in life. Really, really interesting conversation around some of his theories that work. But, you know, I'm a living, breathing example. I'm sure James will be, well, we'll, we'll send some pictures out on the, uh, on, on the, <laughs> <laughs> the Facebook page, Men's Radio STN, if you want to contact us via social media. So, Ed... Um, just if you don't mind, I know you have, we've talked a little bit about some of your theories, which, you know, clearly work. Um, why why is it that your coaching and training methods work so particularly well? Is everyone bespoke to each of your, um, the people you work with? Do you have a general philosophy? I know we'll come on to talk about this after the break, but one of the things I know you did a very, very good presentation down in the southwest of England, and you kind of follow six fairly simple principles that clearly add great value to what you do with people but is there a reason why you work with maybe more men than women for example and and all those business people who say oh i'm far too busy to uh, train i'd love to get fit and all the rest of it but uh, i'm i'm far too busy what do you say to people like that if it's important enough and it should be important then you'll always find time you always find time for what's most important to you so and you know i always ask if someone says to me, time is my biggest struggle, I will ask them, well, how much time do you have? And they'll often tell me, well, I could commit maybe three hours a week. And I was like, well, that's more than what I was thinking. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I was thinking if you could commit two hours, then you're going to see good results. But you can actually commit three hours. Um, so people have got more time than what they think. In terms of working out, it doesn't take a long time. A workout can be you know, an hour, it could be half an hour. Most of the guys I work with actually train half an hour. Um, Just out of interest, what do you do, Sandra? I do an hour, don't I? Sandra only, an hour. only because it's, well, I'm an all-in guy, you know, all or nothing, as Ed knows. And Sandra's also, been training for how many years? Yeah, 20, I think. 20 years, yeah. yeah. But also, I've got quite a trek across London to get to Ed, so by the time I get there, I don't really want half an hour. I'll, you want to do the full work. But what's really interesting is that I've worked with other trainers in the past and done three training sessions a week, and yet in the last 12 weeks, I've seen greater results with Ed, having done one training session a week, but, but I'm spending a lot of time focusing on my nutrition and yeah. what I'm putting into my body rather than just you know jumping on a treadmill or a rower or... You know, yeah. dumbbells and so on. I can say the power is in the coaching call. That's where we do the real work. That's where we, you know, that's where we work on your diet. That's where we work on your challenges. That's where we plan out your, your week and get your commitments. And as long as you stick with those commitments, I've, you know, I, I like I say, I have clients that I've never even met that get great results than me. Then some clients I've been, I've beasted in the gym for five days a week mm. because the clients I do coaching with, they actually learn, they commit. Whereas someone who's just turning up to a session, they're not really changing. In order for you to get the results, you've got to change. It's not just about showing up to a workout. You've actually got to change your your habits, your mindset. You've got to... It's like, it's like you said, it's 100% mindset. 100%, yeah. It's 70% food, 30% fitness and 100% yep. mindset takes time I mean it doesn't start off that way obviously you have to commit to a decision but the mindset 
even though the mindset is important, I mean, I, I talk about this in my book, I actually make the mindset part of the book. It's actually the last chapter because that's more the, the longer term commitment. That's the big change yeah. you gotta make. Yeah, you know, as soon as you go through the book, first thing is, right, exercise. Let's get you moving. Let's just make the commitment. And then we talk about nutrition in the second part of the book. And then the third part of the book is more about actually changing your mindset so that you can make this a sustainable way of life. As I said, diets don't work. Training regimes don't work. You know, six-week plans, you know, 12-week diets, they, they don't work because they have an end date. But if you change your habits, then it becomes a way of life. And a habit is something that is, you know, it's it's programmed with, it's part of your programming. It's something that you do on autopilot. So I compare it in the book to actually scaling your business and and um, and having it run itself. When you start a business, you know, Sandra, you can probably relate to this, but when you start a business, when you first start, you've got to put in the hours, you've got to put in the work. And as you grow and expand and you scale that business, you can start outsourcing and you can kind of step away a little bit your training and nutrition is just like that. At first, you've got to put in the work. It feels like a bit of a chore at first, but you've got to be a little bit disciplined, do the work, do the reps. And then once it becomes a habit, it's almost like outsourcing. It kind of just happens naturally. Mm. You know, you've been training 20 years. I've been training 19 years. And, you know, it just been happens training now. training 30 years. Just, yeah. 30 years, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, you've been training less time. <laughs> you will know. Just, How come it, he's physically better than me? I, it, it just something's happens Something's gone wrong. Now. The gym just happens. I don't have to think about it. I don't have to think necessarily about what I eat. I just it just it's just a part of my life. Mm. I, I have to say that's that's my own personal experience. You you start taking ownership, and because you become education, as I said before, is a very important part of this process, isn't it? Accountability, under greater understanding of what you're consuming from a, from a diet perspective, and then I suppose once you develop that habit and, and understanding autopilot takes over it's a bit like yeah. driving a car that, that would be the analogy i would yeah. use where you can't just go through the process really without thinking about it and now instead of you know the extra big slice of cheesecake i keep referring to cheesecake because i love it um <laughs> get some it's a slightly small bit but i enjoy it just as much because i know i'm not having to give up quite so much um, as part of the process I'm, I, so i find the whole thing incredibly fascinating i hope you are as well uh, with our guest on the 40 hour this evening, Ed Jaffa, uh, on Men's Radio, of course, where men really talk, 0203 Um So please keep those comments coming on the Facebook page and, of course, contact us through social media. Ed, one quick, very quick question before we um, have a break and then come back to talk about your six key theories. A lot of people talk about failure, but I'm really fascinated on, on your thoughts around failure. So should we talk about that after the break? Yeah, Because um, I think people need to go and put the kettle on and have a, a few minutes break. Listen to this. Be back with us. Ed Jaffer is our special guest this evening on Men's Radio. You're listening to Men's Radio Station. Where men really talk. Welcome back to The 40 Hour with me, Sandro Forte, and our guest this evening, Ed Jaffa, and the wonderful, as ever, our producer, James Blake, who's uh, chipping in. I, I've never seen him so so enthusiastic and galvanised and <laughs> getting quite so involved. Um, so it looks like you've got a new client on your hands mm. here, Ed. Um, so we've, we've still got quite a lot to cover. I really want to get onto those those six key things that I know you spoke about um, very successfully down in the West Country recently. I'm particularly, we were talking during the break, uh, James and I, about um, what's really fascinating about your approach, which I have to say I think is quite unique, is this accountability thing where the phone call, in our case, the WhatsApp, is almost more important than gym time. 
And that, I mean, that, clearly that's your experience. And you've, you've got the results to prove it, right? Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, the accountability comes on the call. There's, you know, there's one thing showing up to a gym session. You, when you're showing up to a gym session, you're there, you're there to focus this to work out. So if you haven't done your workouts for the rest of the week, you know, it's, it's kind of glossed over, right? Let's get on with our workout now because you're there to work out. But when you're on a call with someone and you're, and, and a client tells me, well, I didn't get to the gym this week or I went out and, uh, and I got, went on, went on the piss um, on a Saturday night. It's like, you know, there's a, there's a certain amount of like, no one wants to feel silly. No one wants to feel embarrassed. And you, I would say from my perspective as well, you don't, I don't want to feel like I've wasted your time. Yeah. You've gone through the effort to make this meal plan, to make this exercise routine, and then yeah. for me to show up and say, no, I've just disregarded yeah. it. It, feel, it would feel so like insulting, you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's how the client feels. And I never I never make them feel that way. They obviously, naturally, you're going to feel a little bit embarrassed. But my job as your coach is to help you. So I'd like to find out why not, you know? And we can, on a, on a call where it's one-on-one, or it's a Skype call, or it's a phone call, we can kind of discuss those issues we can get the truth on the table and find out why you haven't done this what was the challenge how can we overcome that challenge so when you set you a goal for the following week it shouldn't be a problem whereas when you're not what i found anyway when i wasn't doing coaching calls a client would show up and you could never really address those real challenges that they're facing because they're just showing up for the workout. Yeah, they're, just, they're not there to talk really. Yeah. They're, they're just to lift weight and gain muscle whereas you're actually talking. Well, I've got to, say, I, it, to me, it sounds like you really care about your clients. If well, that sounds I, well, a bit I cheesy. About, I was about to say actually, the thing I love most about what I'm hearing is that Ed has kind of had that ex- exact same experience that a lot of people have. They've got you know, weight issues, low confidence. You've been there. You didn't leave school and do a sports science degree. You know, you haven't always been ripped. You haven't always been phys- a physical specimen. You've had all those issues that, that compelled you to take some kind of action. So you're a, a living, breathing example of someone who starts in one place and transitions to the next, and you've discovered all the steps that you need to do to get there. Yeah. And you simply share them with other people. Exactly. I've had all the challenges. Um, I've beaten myself up in the past when things don't go to plan. So I know what it feels like. So... Yeah, I have that relatability. I, I understand the challenges that my clients are facing and, and I'm able to help help them overcome those challenges. And yeah, I mean, I, I, I really do care. I want to have a massive impact in each of my clients, each of my clients' lives. It's my, you know, it's my name on the line at the end of the day. I want every client I have to, to remember me mm. for having an impact and changing their life. And empathy is a very, I mean, it's a fundamental building block to all great human relationships. So you've got that empathy. So it makes it easier for you to relate to the issues. Because I guess my next question was, there's a lot of people out there who say, okay, I hear all that you're saying, but I have a big problem and I really just don't know how to get started. What would you say to the people out there, Ed, listening to the show that perhaps are really struggling to pick up the phone, to look you up online, or, or indeed anyone for that matter, that that whole, um, that first step, you talk about baby, baby steps, but how do, how do they just get out of that inertia, the, the kind of, it's easier and more comfortable to just sit here and do nothing and feel mm. sorry for myself? It is easier. Um, the hardest 
the first step is always the hardest. Um, but from my experience, what I've I've found, and I don't know if you guys would agree, but when you actually make that step, when you actually you know make that step, is never as looking back is never as bad as what you were thinking it was going to be. You know, my coach actually recently, oh, a few months back, he actually made me do karaoke, and it's like, oh my god, that's the worst thing in the world because I'm I'm <laughs> such an introverted guy. But he knew that for me that would be one of the most uncomfortable things I would have to have to do. So I was like putting it off, putting it off, putting it off as you do. Mm. And then when I actually did it, and looking back, it was like, well, it didn't kill me. It wasn't that bad. It was actually quite fun. And we we kind of have this mental block, this procrastination that, yes, it's going to be uncomfortable. Yes, we'll talk ourselves out of it. But when you actually do it, you'll wonder why it took you so long because it was never really that bad. And, and Ed, is that because... Uh, people tend to fear the outcome rather than try to control the process. The the bits that they can control are the steps, aren't they? Yeah. Too many people perhaps think about the end game first and then work For their sure, way backwards yeah. and that's what leads to procrastination. Yeah, and it's important to have a, a a big goal, but at the same time, big goals can be overwhelming and, and can stop you from actually taking those first steps. Mm. But when you actually sit down and you and you reverse engineer those goals... You see, people tend to, they, they set goals, I want to do this, but there's no real... No, there's no real motivation behind it, is yeah, there? Yeah, it's too far off. Yeah. Like, it was never a goal of mine to actually compete. I just wanted to get in better shape. And it was only when I achieved that goal, then more doors and opportunities started opening. And, you know, you as you kind of move through the clouds, you get more clarity as you go along on the journey and you start seeing new opportunities. So... The most important thing, if you do have a big goal, actually sit down and, and plan it out. How can you reverse engineer that goal? What steps do you need to take and break it down? Let's say it's a five-year goal. How can you break that goal? What do you be, need to be doing in year one? What do you need to be doing year two, three, four, and year five to achieve that goal? What do you need to be doing each month, each week? Break it down to what I actually need. What's the first step I actually need to take today or tomorrow to actually get the ball rolling so reverse engineering your goals so that they become minute baby steps you know because we can all do the baby goals we can all take the baby steps and when you consistently do that whether you hit your goal or not you're going to be way closer than doing nothing and can i just ask you about that so we touched on this before the break on the 40 hour Failure is a big word. There's a lot of um, there's a lot of stigma around the word failure. You you kind of adopt that as a positive. You I think it would be fair to say you see a lack of success. Let's interpret it as that as actually a necessary part of the process because you're not just going to succeed at everything you do. So welcome it, learn from it. That's your mantra, isn't it? For sure. Yeah. Nothing nothing falls into your lap. Nothing nothing happens overnight. There's no such thing as an overnight success. You've got to go through the journey. You've got to be prepared to fail. You've got to be prepared to make mistakes because that's the only way you're going to learn. That's the only way you're going to grow. Um, you know, when I'm in the gym, when I'm doing a bench press or some squats or, or whatever, some bicep curls, I will do it until my muscles fail and I can't do it anymore. I'm not going to do it to a point where I'm comfortable. I'm going to do the reps that actually hurt 
Yeah, I'm going to go up to 10 and I'm going to go on to 11, 12, 13, 14, 15. Arnold talks about this in the film Pumping Iron. It's those last two or three reps that actually make you stronger, make you grow. So there's that analogy from the gym that applies in all areas of our life, whether it's, you know, in business and it's doing the work that you don't necessarily want to do, having to work the extra hours, having to put in the time, having to do the things that make you uncomfortable, um, having a coach that makes you do karaoke. Um, it's those uncomfortable things that you that you grow from, that you learn from. Failure is not an ending, it's just a stepping stone. So if we may, to make sure we get this in, because I think it's really, really important. First time I've really heard you articulate this in the way we were talking earlier, and I think James and our listeners on the 40-hour men's radio will will really resonate with this. But give us your six rules, six rules for greater success, because I think there's lots of parallels in business and in yeah. life in general. So what are those six things? So these Ed? six steps, I went through a, a business talk I did a few weeks back, but this can literally apply to to anything um so these are like six lessons i guess that i learned from my fitness journey my fitness transformation um number one is set achievable goals in order to to reach a destination or a goal you have to you have to set an achievable goal manageable goals that you can you can measure and track don't be vague be very um specific about your goals put a number on it how can you measure it so setting achieving achievable goals is the first step. Second step is actually doing the work or doing the reps, as I like to call it, whether it's reps in the gym or whether it's um, showing up every day at work and making you know 50 phone calls a day to, to close a deal, whatever it might be, do the reps, repeat, repeat, repeat. Um, track and measure. Track and measure your KPIs in business. Find out what works well and the stuff that doesn't work well you can you, you know you can ditch that um so when you you only find out what works when you start measuring and you track and you start tracking things um on a weight loss journey that might be your weight it might be your progress pictures it would be calories in versus calories out um the amount of workouts you've done these are all measurables that you can keep a track of that that measure your what's the what's performance. the what KP, KPA? K, uh, KP, KPI KPIs. KPA is, you know, one as well. So you've got key performance indicators um, and you've also got key performance actions. KPA. So explain, mm. explain those a little bit. Yeah, yeah I was going to say, I didn't know about the KPAs. Explain what my coach told So key performance indicators are just... Um, um, Karaoke. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> key performance indicators are things like, you know, measuring, um, tracking calories, for example, um, um, measuring your weight key performance actions are going to the gym three times a week or you know the actual action steps picking up the phone take. call and making picking up making phone the phone call, calls yeah. yeah exactly taking so much water in during a day yeah okay. yeah it's an action which is I, I've, I've been told many different things what's i've got an expert here i want to be a bit selfish how much water should i drink a day well, it's recommended you drink like two liters a day but i i don't think that's enough to be honest big guy like yourself james you drink more big, yeah yeah you're yeah. more big big guy big, uh, big hench guy like uh, <laughs> <laughs> you can't see this on the four tower <laughs> of men's radio but james blake our producer is now flexing his muscles 
Um, but off camera. Yeah, you've all been saved from that, from what we've just seen. <laughs> so uh, K, uh, KPIs. So yeah, track KPIs. and measure KPIs, key performance indicators. So when you set those goals, you want to measure that you're moving in the right direction. Um, number four, be prepared to fail. No one gets it first time. You know, there's no such thing as an overnight success. You need to be prepared to make mistakes, to fail. Um, you know, it's it's okay to fail. It's okay to to um, you know fall off the wagon and and have a a burger and chips at the weekend. Or it's okay not to go to the gym. It's okay to put on weight. You know, some weeks because if you're consistent. And that's step number five, show up consistently. If you're consistent and you're doing the work every day, then over the course of time, a year, five years, 10 years, the results that you're going to get are going to be way more positive than those little failures that you you achieved on the journey, that you, that you had on the journey. Those little hurdles you had are going to be just a minute, distant memory compared to the the success you will achieve over time if you're if you're showing up consistently. And step number six is stick to the plan and trust the process. It's very easy to when things are not working, um, it's very easy to kind of give up and go back to old habits. But you know, just stick to the process, stick to the plan, trust the process because like I say, there's not gonna be you're not gonna you're not gonna achieve those wins every single week. There's gonna be struggles, there's gonna be challenges on the journey obstacles you face and those are all just part of the fun all just part of the fun he says with a smile (laughs) my favorite i think failure is a big thing because i think a lot of people don't want to fail they see it as a negative thing but the way you talk about it really talk about it as a positive thing as a starting not as a like this is the end i failed kind of thing it's almost like a a self-fulfilling prophecy because what you do is you fear it so you Mm. take no action to Mm. overcome it and then end up doing absolutely nothing it's a very hard rut to get out of yeah you've got to just kind of face it head on and and just accept that it is part of the journey but not there's not very many people that have that resilience you've got to be really really resilient I find anyway and just whatever happens happens I'm also interested, if I may ask you this, we, we've, spoke, we've spoken and spent a lot of time talking about people looking to lose weight and improve confidence. But there's a lot of people out there that want to put weight on, mm. yeah. that, that find it very, very difficult to, to gain weight. So yeah. is there a different series of rules or techniques to, for these people? Or is it, it, do we, again, go back to this, uh, a better understanding and that educational process? And that's something I've benefited from enormously in working with you. I, is there a different process that, go, that we go through? Um, the only difference is, is back to that basic law of calories. If you want to lose weight, you need to be in a deficit. So you need to be burning off more than what you're consuming on a daily, weekly basis. If you want to gain weight, it needs to be the other way around. So you need to be consuming more calories than what you're burning. Mm. Okay, that's just the basic laws of, of, of weight management. But, but I think the other thing is consistency in terms of you want to be putting on weight in all the right places. You don't just want to go yeah, kind of there's out in one direction. Yeah. yeah. When it comes to obviously gaining weight, I'm guessing you, the weight you want to be gaining is muscle as opposed to getting fat. Um, so that's where your strength training would come in, overloading your muscles so that those surplus calories that you are consuming are going into to building your muscles as opposed to building your, your belly fat. 
So, yeah, you want the calories to go in the right place for sure. This is a really fascinating conversation with Ed Jaffer on the 40-hour men's radio where men really talk. Um, A very, very different perspective uh, in terms of understanding the process that we as men go through in trying to overcome some of those challenges that we all face from time to time, whether it's age-related or upbringing or whatever it happens to be, lifestyle. Um, So really, really interested to... um, to get your mantra your your perspective of these different things based on all that experience ed and you know this fine specimen james is sitting with us this evening in the studio um sharing some some really interesting things so i hope everyone listening is getting some benefit from from ed jaffa this evening um th- we've you've you've talked a lot about and, and interlinked the work that you do with people ed with business and there's a direct kind of crossover it seems to me what would you say to people that are looking to say start their own business or anything else in life that they might be wanting to do it's a it's a good idea they're looking to maybe take a year out there's lots of things that we aspire to do but many of us find it very very difficult to kind of get going yeah any words of wisdom for those people who face those specific challenges quickly let me get my notepad (laughs) there's always going to be that 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 fear you know i i had them as well but I guess my advice would be life, life is too short at the end of the day. I mean, life is too short not to give it your all and, 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 and you know, give it your best shot. You, you never know what will happen. I guess like, and, and in this day and age as well, I'm not saying it's easy to build a business because it's certainly not, but in this day and age with the technology we have, there's so much you can do from just, you know, a simple Wi-Fi connection. So now is like, if there's ever an opportunity, now is the time. Mm. You know, you don't even have to. Um, well, the great yeah. thing is you can now watch trashy TV and do a workout at the same time. Exactly, yeah, exactly. Can you? Wait, what? <laughs> yeah, of course you can. Well, you've got, you've got Ed on WhatsApp or Skype smiling at you, holding you accountable for everything <laughs> you haven't done during the week whilst you're watching some reality show on TV. Yeah. Well, that, that's uh, that's the essence, though. I mean, that's perfectly still, possible. Yeah, look at my it? business. Yeah, I mean, you know, ten years ago, no one knew about online coaches, but now, like, I'm able to deliver my my methods and my 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 training philosophies and give clients the accountability without even meeting them. I mean, the furthest client I worked with was in Singapore, so and I've got a couple of guys over in um, Australia at the moment. I'm I'm coaching. So yeah, anything's anything's possible anything's possible so yeah just yeah just just go for it just go for it take take the action Mm. take the action because you will learn you will fail but you will learn and you will be better off for that i've got you know i've got saying you you don't win and lose it's you either win or you learn something so even if you fail you're going to take a valuable lesson from that failure we always we almost need to uh, eliminate the word fail from our vocabulary don't we because that you're not what you're suggesting Ed is that it doesn't really have a place in society it's it's a it's an, a great outcome or it's a learning experience yeah it's how you perceive it it's how you perceive it if you perceive it as the end it will be a, a failure it will be the end but if you perceive it as something to learn from as a new opportunity as an opportunity to grow as an opportunity to get stronger if you see it as a new opportunity then that can only be a good thing. So, James, when you accidentally, on purpose, mentioned that well-known coffee brand the other day, oh, yes. we can see that as a learning experience. <laughs> That's exactly. I'm what never going to let him forget that. That was a learning experience. Okay. No mention of brands, please, on the radio station. What's, what's next, Ed Jaffa? What's 
what do you aspire to do? And particularly interesting for somebody who's clearly so disciplined, so driven, um, but you are a really modest guy. I mean, who's overcome some particular challenges personally. What what's next? Another book? Open your own gym? We perhaps we might not want to answer the last question just in case your bosses are listening. But um, <laughs> maybe you know, maybe what, what do you aspire to do? You have any goals and ambitions? For me, I want to I want to impact as many people as possible. And again, there's no better opportunity than this day and age with technology to just get myself out there into the online world um you know coaching people all around the world changing as many lives as i can great thing about fitness now is like you don't have to be restricted to your local gym you can you've got a world wide web you can impact so many more lives so that's my that's my mission to get as many books out there to people as possible to get my my videos my content you know helping clients from all around and, the world. And where could we find this content? <laughs> um, <laughs> that was said in a very sultry kind of way. <laughs> well, it's just the way he was like, you know, I want to get my videos out there. I was like, I don't know what you're Well, doing. he's got quite a YouTube presence because I did my due diligence on it when we first started working together. So you quite yeah, easy to you, find you on YouTube, YouTube. You can find my videos on YouTube. You can find um, the main ones I'm on really are Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn is, is, is a platform I use. I put a, l- a lot of my content out on LinkedIn. Um, which is obviously how yeah. we met. Um, my website, www.edjaffer.com. And, and that's D-J-A-F-E-R, just to, yeah, to make sure everyone's e- clear. E-D-D-J-A-F-E-R.com. Yeah, probably the best place to get hold of me is social media. I'm very active on, 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 on the socials. Drop me a DM. Yeah. I, l- I like, I'm, I'm being a bit nosy. I like how your uh, your YouTube is a picture of you with your top off. Uh, I think they all are. If you had a body like that, why why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you I mean, come on, James, you would. <laughs> oh, I so would. I wouldn't even have a top one now. Yeah. Well, I tried to tone okay. it down a bit on my on my LinkedIn profile. Actually, I tried to to have a, a smarter approach. And um, then when I actually changed the picture to a topless picture, my views. If you look at if you go into your profile, you can see your views. That was all women, my though. Views that's went the thing. <laughs> now, um, that's a, that's a really interesting point, which I'd just like to touch on. Um, to what extent? does your physique which is a very good one does it detract from what you are it sounds to me as if the opposite applies do people aspire to look like you or do they kind of go there is no way i can ever look like that so let me go and find something as a or somebody that's prob- probably a bit more on my in my level do you do you, do you find you understand what i'm, yeah, what I'm saying yeah. to you? is it is it a deterrent or is it something that attracts somebody to you I think I've always been very honest to say, like, I don't look like that all the time. I mean, literally, most of the photo shoots I do are, are for the purpose of either a photo shoot or a competition. To ma- maintain that level of conditioning is is very hard, even for someone who's been doing it like myself for 20 years. Um, but you can stay pretty close to that. You don't have to be stage ready all the time. Um, you can stay pretty close. And I think, um, is it a deterrent? I don't think so. I think most people, I think like my physique is is, is fairly attainable to, to most guys that want to put, put in the work. Uh, I'm not overly, I'm just a 80 kilo man, 80 kilograms man. I'm not like, you know, 110 kilos of solid muscle. I'm not a bodybuilder. Um, so yeah i think it's like how you said you said you came from a place where you weren't happy with the way you looked which i'm sure is 90 percent of us and you achieved what you achieved it's not like you were born 
this way you know you put in the effort you put yeah. in the hours you did your kpas and your kpis and you were consistent and that's what I was, and i think that's kind of what it says is that you know if you are willing to put in the effort you can do whatever you want like yeah it doesn't yeah. matter what it is if it's fitness or business or anything you can yeah. do whatever you want one thing i'd love to quickly comment on is how important do you think that mental health and fitness are intertwined yeah there's a big um It has a big impact on on mental health because the body follows. I mean, the body the body transforms pretty quickly when you start putting in the work, but then the mindset starts to change as well, and you adopt a different mindset, different mentality. You change your way of thinking. Um, in an ideal world, you would change your way of thinking first, and then everything else would follow. But it's quite difficult to actually to do that so for oh, my massively. experience it was more i changed my body first and then my mindset followed so it takes a lot longer to actually you can start losing a pound or two pounds in a few weeks but to change your mindset and your mentality and your habits takes a lot longer it takes you know a few months of repetition and doing before it becomes a subconscious habit you can't just you know well, you, you, you can you hear of smokers that just go cold turkey and give up a habit just like that and change overnight but it's not always it's not always that. the case but i'm going to support what ed says here because in my own experience i actually now find training therapeutic it's almost like meditation for me yeah it's a place i go where i can just shut off for an hour and although physically it might be quite taxing at times i just i feel more relaxed and more at peace in my world when i'm in my zone when I and I know subconsciously I'm making some progress I'm yeah. moving in a, in a set direction for me it's very therapeutic yeah it's, yeah. it's really I bizarre. think for someone like you as well Sandra it's like because you're such a hard worker and you, and you said to me earlier your life is like 100 miles an hour it's nice to take yourself out of your work environment into a totally different environment so yeah it is like even though we're beasting you in the gym it is it's it's some it's a different environment that takes you out of your your the environment where you spend most of your time so it's it is like a meditation it is it's almost yeah. a place of work, working out and lifting weights and being in the gym as well i mean i know you have pts and you do friends but it is almost a place of solitude as well isn't mm. it mm. it is a place of like i'm just going to run on the treadmill for 20 minutes and kind of gather yeah. my thoughts and i do feel like we all need from time to time that <laughs> concentrate bit. on breathing concentrate <laughs> on breathing. So, yeah. many so many companies now are endorsing you know health and wellness um, that they're actually signing up to to wellness packages because they see the benefits and the, and the the increase in energy and productivity that it brings to their workforce. Yeah, and that's another po important point. There's a lot of companies out there now. Kind of, I won't mention a very well-known company who are uh, based in America, but they have these kind of relaxation areas and they have table tennis. Yeah. But they are very very focused on getting their uh, their partners, their employees, workers, whatever they want to call them into a place where their physical well-being has a direct impact on their emotional yeah. well-being and therefore they're more productive. They're physically fit and as I said you, you your your mindset will then follow you'll be mentally healthier you'll be more focused more productive um you'll have much more energy your thoughts are clearer as well you've seen thoughts are clearer decision making yeah. big one decision making um you know especially if you're in a highly stressed job where d your decisions, you know, millions of pounds could be riding on your decision. Um, 
you know, millions of lives could be changed because of one decision that you make. If I press the wrong button, I will mute the guest. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, especially where decisions are key. Going into those decisions with a positive mindset, healthy body, healthy mind is going to make a big, big difference. Ed, we've had a couple of people just email us. Just run through those six steps for us again, just to make sure we kind of embed those and, and kind of get Ed Jaffa's yeah. mantra before step, we finish up. Step one, set achievable goals, achievable, measurable goals. Number two, do the reps. Number three, track, track and measure KPIs so that you can see if you're on track or not. And the KPAs. And the KPAs. Step number four, be prepared to fail because it's only when we fail that we learn and grow stronger. Number five, show up consistently day in, day out. Number six, stick to the plan and trust the process. Wow, brilliant. Very, very good. Right. And then, of course, the whole educational piece about diet, discipline, find yourself a coach um, and, and make sure you set a plan, uh, make a decision, whether you come from a painful place or not, and then follow that process almost without fail, right? Yeah, absolutely. Well, Ed Jaffa, I have to say, that is that has been one of the most fascinating conversations I've had. I mean, James, I'm just waiting to drop on his hands and knees and do 100 press-ups before, <laughs> before we leave this evening. But thank you for joining us on the 40 Hour this evening on Men's Radio, where men really talk. Really looking forward to sharing some more insights from another fantastic guest this time next week. Hello, I'm Sandro Forte, and welcome to The Forte Hour.